You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What day is it? Wednesday? Happy hump day. And I forgot what day it was for a second. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel. I got Joel here. I got Dennis here. We got stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about oil, commodities, uh, the fact that banks are getting hit now, uh, we're going to talk about uh, earnings uh, from Nordstrom and SoFi uh, and uh, Salesforce last night. And when Ford has news, we'll talk about that. We'll take questions from our chat. So smash that like button and uh, let's go to work here. This is Pre-Market Prep. Where's my intro? Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Apparently, the stream started while I was laughing, but oh well, whatever. Uh, let's bring Joel on here. Joel, what's up, man? How are we doing? Sorry about that, Spence. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, we're in the green here. Did I share my charts? I sure yeah, did. <clears throat> nice range overnight. Uh, we almost kissed, or we got close to yesterday's low, 78 and a quarter. Uh, yesterday's low, 75. So, man, you talk about a big level. I'm moving up off that 4,100. I'm moving up. Off Friday's low, boom, I'm moving it up to 42.75 here. Must hold support level, 50 handles above it. Uh, crude, no stopping it. Up 740, 110.79. Gold giving a little bit back, down 1230, 1931.50. Silver in the red by 36 cents at 25.19. Uh, Bitcoin, it's just hanging up near resistance, uh, down 175 bucks at 44.065. Ethereum futures, uh, they're just slightly in the green by 450 at 29.87. So, what do you guys want to talk about today? Million things. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the big Oilers win last night? Three nothing. Uh, no, I, see, I see oil, not Oilers. We like Oilers, not oil. How about uh, me staying up way past my bedtime last night for the Michigan Michigan State basketball game? The Michigan win. Yep. 
It might yeah, be good. So it's worth it. it. You know what the worst is when you stay up really late to watch a game and then they lose. I went. I oh, you watch. went to the game. I went. Oh. 8.30 tip. TV. Nice. TV's nice. ruining everything. Am I the only yeah. one here that watched State of the Union last night? It seems to, it seems to be the No, best. I didn't watch it either. I watched <laughs> a little bit. I turned it on for 20 minutes. All right. Well, it, it, was, it wasn't very interesting. Well, tell very... us about it. Tell us. No, about it. it wasn't interesting. I, I it wasn't interesting. <laughs> I mean, but I felt compelled to watch it, especially with with, with what's going on in Ukraine right now. Why so, did he say about the Ukraine situation? I, it was a, re- a reiteration. I mean, the, the news was broken ahead of time that the U.S. is going to close off their airspace to to Russian planes. So he announced that, but that was already out there. Um, talked a lot about the financial sanctions. Kind of skirted around the energy angle here. Uh, I mean, he did talk about how we will we will be releasing oil from our reserves um but kind of skirted around you know the fact that we rely on 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 russia for the world relies on russia for a good part of its energy so kind of skirted around that angle a little didn't bit didn't talk about not didn't buying talk, didn't talk about that Russia's oil real no didn't talk about that um what else did he talk about gave a special shout out to intel if you if you're wondering why intel Ooh. had a random uh pop at 4 a.m this morning uh Pat Gelsinger, the CEO, got some got some nice airtime and uh, uh, got a special shout out. Who else got shouted out? Ford got shouted out. Uh, shout out my whole portfolio. A few other companies got got shouted out, but uh, um, no, it wasn't super interesting. Honestly, I just felt I thought thought we would all be watching it, but I guess not. Um, yeah, and that's all I got on the State of the Union. It, it was it was honestly it was it was interesting to hear what he had to say about Ukraine, but the rest of it was pretty boring, pretty safe. Uh, Pretty safe I mean, state of the union. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty boilerplate stuff, right? Uh, so, uh, Stonebridge says I'll never get that time back again. That's true. <laughs> no, I'll never get that I'm time. Glad back. I only wasted twenty minutes. On it. <laughs> I watched the last twenty minutes. It was, they the, stood up a lot and clapped a lot. And yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's all. Was, it is, wasn't right? very exciting. That's all it is. Um, the the one thing I wanted to start really on today was oil, and we'll talk more about commodities with our guest today, Angie Setzer, who it's been a long time. Yeah, good old Angie. We had Angie on the show, uh, but she's an old friend of the program, and she's a commodities expert. She works in commodities, so we're going to talk to Angie about that when at eight thirty-five. But let's just talk about oil here for a second, because how how high did we get last night, Joel? One eleven. I mean, we're right at the highs. Uh, I'm looking at front month contract. We got to one eleven fifty, and we're at one eleven. I mean, there's wow. Pretty remarkable stuff. I thought a hundred. I thought that was the big level, and we've there's no right, levels. We've blown right past it. I thought there is no levels. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't I, even matter the technicals on any of this stuff. Again, as we we keep getting escalation oh, over there. So I, I mean, I'm, until it de-escalates, it's all just you, Ukraine. That's all that matters, especially yeah. to oil. I, I'm sorry. There was one thing I missed from last night, and, and he gave a lot of love to infrastructure. Uh, he talked about. Remember, remember, there was infrastructure week last year. That week where they were all announcing all their infrastructure plans. He said, "Forget infrastructure week. It's infrastructure decade." So um, he talked a lot about the plans to upgrade our, uh, you know, the U.S. you know electrical grid and and EV EV grid and and bridges and highways and tunnels and all that. So th- that was a big part of last night too. So I I just wanted to add that. Thanks thanks for the reminder. Um, whoever said that in the chat. Um, so yeah, oil. I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know what you make of that. I right. I just continuing every day. New highs. We keep breaking out here. I thought we were pausing, but the escalation over there. I mean, take it away from oil. Do you see what the def- 
defense stocks are doing. Like, this is an epic move for all of these things. I own LHX. I've had it in the portfolio for like 15 years, probably. I had it from when it was Harris. I'm probably not selling it. Uh, my average cost base, I think, is $23. It's 255 So I don't really want to realize that gain. But, you know, look at these stocks. Lockheed Martin goes up 20 bucks every day. It's pulled back a little bit here this morning. But, I mean, this is just an incredible move. Uh, General Dynamics, NOC, RTX, all just blasting off, breaking out all-time highs. These are incredible, incredible moves. If you get de-escalation, the air will come out of these things quickly. But as long as we keep escalating over there, as long as Putin, you know, there's a fear of, you know, more war, then you're going to see these stocks hold up. So all depending on what Putin's next move is. Yep, that's basically what, what we're coming down to. And and unfortunately, I don't even know... Um, like every day there's developments, but it's very difficult to understand which of those developments are like significant in the grand scheme of things and which of them are just like moving the ball forward or backward by an inch at a time, right? It's very difficult. Like as I understand it, the biggest the, the most important headline overnight is or from yesterday really is the fact that there is no timetable for any more de escalation talks. No Ukraine has no idea. That's what they said. They they don't know when when they're going to get together again so until that happens i i don't know how we we're in the same situation that we've been in all week right until that happens so that's kind of what i'm watching out for is next time we get any indication of potential peace talks not that the first round was you know good for ukraine in any way it wasn't but um let's move on here and let's talk about some of the big movers of the morning let's talk about they're mentioning it in the chat right now um I think I had four next on my list, but let's. Uh, all right, actually, no, let's do four quickly because we okay. and then we can, we can move on to earnings. So there's a, it's not just Biden here. Yeah, the mention of Ford last night. There's a headline here. There is a headline here, yeah. uh, and it's been rumored. Uh, it was uh, rumored, I think, a couple months ago, and they it was denied by the company. But now they're out this morning with a PR, and Ford is doing a little bit of just corporate re reorganization. Uh, they are separating their EV unit. And their traditional internal combustion engine unit into different uh, businesses. And it's not a spinoff. They're both still owned by Ford, but it, it just changes how they how the company is organized and and importantly how they report numbers and stuff um, because they're, they're going on the EV portion of the company exactly. separately. Exactly, it's going to be separate entities. They got the EV part of the company now. Exactly, separate entities within Ford. And they and they like that because. Uh, this is, you know, obviously the growth area there, so you can see and separate out the growth from the old traditional combustion engine business. Um, I own Ford. I still own Ford. Bought it seven bucks. I sold some up in the twenties, and I should have sold it all. In hindsight, <laughs> capital is always twenty twenty. This is a headline up five percent. I would definitely not, not chase on. Just talking against my book here, major resistance up at eighteen. I think this is a gift, really. I mean, if I was in it short term, I would sell it. I'm in it from seven bucks. I don't really want to realize the 150% capital gain right now. But with that being said, I think this is a headline. To Big move. Big move. Fade. I mean, yeah. It, Talking against the book. Yeah. Now, uh, the good news is that it, it's up here. I mean, it's holding up here, right? Up 83 cents. I mean, I don't 
that spike that we that see on the uh, upper left chart that might have been like a bet, you know, a false print. But no, seventeen. Are you six, talking about the spike down? I'm gonna, yeah. Sure. What ha- what time was that spike at? What did I just say? It might be a false print, but you don't even have to acknowledge those. There's false prints at eight o'clock on everything. There's old closes, so where it's just an old trade. It's getting reported late to the tape. They all come across eight o'clock and they screw up your charts. Rare. Ignore everyone. To everyone, I want to explain it again here. Ignore every single spike you see at eight a.m. Eastern if your chart providers are picking up the off exchange stuff. You know, sometimes you have maybe you may have a chart provider that can filter that stuff out, but you'll see these ridiculous spikes at eight o'clock. You cannot get those prints. Those are old trades getting reported to the to the tape late. A lot of times they're at the close. That one wasn't. It was at seventeen. So it's probably, you know, some cross from Liquinet or something. We don't know because FINRA has no transparency in the tape. 45% of trades happen on FINRA, yet they all just classify, you know, the 50 dark pools, all the off-exchange stuff, Liquinet, everything, just as blanket FINRA. Wait, mess. but it, it's more than just 8 a.m., right? I no, it, no, well, I, it, yeah, you see these come across all the time, but you see a whole pile of them cross at 8 a.m. every day. I thought it Every was, single I, day, I there's a pile night. of them that hit at 8 a.m. I don't know why. I, I Maybe if somebody I, knows why they come it was at 8 every hour. I thought it was seven, eight, nine. I thought it was every. No, day. eight a.m. is the big one. Okay. So at seven, you see spikes that are real because edge opens. So you have the yeah. bats exchanges that open at seven. Those are real trades. Those are trades actually from the exchange because those are opening. And also, a lot of retail brokers come online at seven o'clock. A lot of them don't have four a.m. access. So actually, at seven a.m., those are real trades happening. At eight a.m. They're typically just old institutional crosses that haven't hit the tape yet. And that's why there'll be a wave. The price is way. And you're like, oh, it just happened down at 17. It was just an old trade. It happened before. It's just getting reported now. So the 8 a.m. stuff, when you see these movements, unless it's news, obviously, if there's overall a headline breaking or something. But, you know, when there's no news, you see a trade away on your stock. It probably was an old trade. And you cannot participate in that. It's simply being reported late. The trade happened before. So you can't go back in time and participate in the trade. It's already happened, that trade. It's just getting reported at 8 o'clock. All right, back to the four chart. Yeah. We're, oh, we're talking about Ford. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I, I like to I know, I know, I know, I, I know. Show. It's fine. It's this an is educational why we're different. show. I this know. is why I feel like I, and I, I, we try to take this show in a different direction. But I, I feel like we are a teaching show. We're not a stock pick show. We do a few stock picks, we, but I feel like we're trying to teach people on this show. I think this is why the show has become more popular because we take these teaching moments and we try to actually teach stuff as opposed to, that's what, what stock do you like? What stock do you like? Dennis said, buy up. this. I'm going to buy this. I mean, that's not what we're uh, Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to say the two-day high is 1768. Your pre-market high is 1760. You know, I it's, that's a big level. 1768, 1764. It's always good for looking at the pre-market high and seeing if it, you know, we can get through it. You probably have, you know, it's traded a lot of shares. It's traded almost five million. So you'll be able to the you know chew through a lot of the stock in the book. But uh, you know, good resistance. I, I'm on the same side with you on, on this one. Uh Ford, that's a what's average daily range is probably even less than the amount it's up right now. Yeah, it's a big, big move. So I think, I think it's just a headline that everybody gets excited about. Ooh, EV, ooh, yeah. Ooh. But you know what? We're not in twenty twenty anymore. Back in twenty twenty, probably goes nineteen dollars on this is because we're stupid market, not stupid market anymore. Market's like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. 
And this is just a fading market altogether. I mean, here's the S&Ps, Joel, case in point here. We have leaked. Bring up the S&Ps now. We are leaking and leaking and leaking and leaking since, you know, I came to my desk two hours ago. This has been a constant leak. We've lost 20 points. I don't know how high we were on the S&Ps, but we've given back way 23. over half the gains. Yeah, yeah, 23. We over half the gains here. I think this market is still guilty until proven innocent. It's why I've actually raised cash further. I didn't realize I've done this, but I, I sold a couple of things. I sold part of my square even yesterday, just because this is the market that if you don't take the gains, the market takes them away from you. I watched the square gains go away a couple of times. So I sold another chunk of my square. I've sold three quarters of the position now. So I, and I know it's in the long-term stuff, but I mean, you know, you buy it at 98, it goes to 127 in three days. And I just know the way this market works. And I end up going back there, I'll re get it. So it's a tough market to just hold. And we are just leaking here right now. Did we uh, have an A15 number? No, really I don't around. think so. Nothing? It's just no. the way this market's it's been. It's this market. Yeah. Is, is, it's a tough investing environment. It pisses you off as an investor almost. Unless you're in oil and some of the defense stocks. But they'll piss you off too eventually. Because the reward eventually de-escalated and the air will come out of those things too. So it's a take your profits while you got a market. And if you don't, they go away. And, you know, I think that's why trading fantastic investing sucks right now if you're a long-term investor you know oh my stock's going up it's good and then two days later it's back down you're like what the hell this is a tough tough investing market um let's go to earnings here um the big... adp came out that, there that you go i didn't... knew it no 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 yes, no it didn't yes, come out yes, at 815 yes. I, 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 no yes it did but i'm yes I'm, no no we yes. chopped around on that all right, fine. I mean, come ADP on. ADP matters all of a no, sudden. No, it doesn't. No, it's on CNBC. Revised every... to 509,000 from minus 301,000. Through... I don't know what that means, but it means chop. Do you know how many times, <laughs> you know how many times ADP has said one thing and the jobs number said the exact opposite? It's like every other week or every other month, whatever. Like, there's so many times where, like, oh, ADP, ADP hinted that the jobs number is going to be really good or really bad. And it, it comes in the other way. So, I I don't put stock in that number honestly anymore. I used to, but it, it I don't I don't I don't think it matters. Uh, let's go to earnings here. Nordstrom is the big gainer of the morning, up thirty one percent this morning off of their report. Uh, I'll give you the numbers here from the Benzinga Pro uh, earnings per share from Nordstrom that they reported uh, last wow. night a buck twenty three wow. versus a dollar and two cent estimate revenue of four point three eight versus four point three five billion estimates with a beat on the top and the bottom line for last quarter as far as their forward looking guidance they gave a range uh, for the EPS for the fiscal year uh, call it like low to mid three dollar range with uh, sales uh, growth of five to seven percent year over year. Both those numbers are above estimates. And uh, like I said, 31% pop this morning. Oh, go, Joel. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dennis. <laughs> the stock up 31%. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's in boy. a gappy area, too, so it's a tough yeah. short. Come on, You're in the middle of nowhere. On? Oh, wrong, wrong thing here. This is what I'm going to do on this chart. Because you are gapping into a gap. What? Look what at this. Into a gap. What does that say? What does that say? So Those question, are all question marks. Okay, it was hard for me. Gap to into a gap. <laughs> yeah. There's all uh, air everywhere. I'll give you. I'll give you the pre-market high, and uh, 
27 and a quarter. So that's like right here. So if you want to, I mean, if that's your target, if it gets back up there, I don't, I mean, that's about two bucks away. I don't know. I think you got to pick an intermediate number. What's this high right here? I mean, how many people are want to get their money? Well, 25, 24. I guess that's support, LOL. Uh, we came down to 25. This is a huge move. I mean, if booking, booking profits, if, if it doesn't take out the pre-market high, it's going to do a target. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying here in, um, well, target held up pretty well, at least, it did. Some, but it did. the it, thing is these ones that we beat, it seems like three days later, they start to give it back. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, you get 30% of your stock overnight in this market. Jeez, yeah, I Thank yeah. you very much. I take the money and run. I don't own any Nordstrom, but I would take the money and run. Yeah. I mean, you can't, I mean, I have absolutely it could continue no higher. Cheap stock, low P. Coles is, you know, look at this snap still for... holding up. Can you believe that? Snap is still holding up in this market from that earnings report. Everybody, that's just, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but again, growth has had a pretty good few days. I know it held on to those, it's pretty impressive. One of the only ones that did held the, held the gains. Facebook's yeah. at such a low bar and obviously got over that. So I don't know, it's been holding up. I still think on pullbacks here, a little more high growth in your portfolio wouldn't hurt. On I know. I know. You've been saying that, and it's I, been I, I, yeah, yes, it has been. You've been I, saying see, that. I continue uh, to say something when it's working. I stop saying it when it doesn't work. <laughs> That's what you gotta do as a trader. Yeah, yeah. Go you working. Uh, yeah. Wait, just to answer a question from a chat, because uh, young young killer ask, explain what do you mean? What do you mean air everywhere? It just mean there's no price. Well, there's no level. Part. I can't give yeah. you a level. Yeah, when you gap I mean, into this gap here, point out the gap, Joel, on the shirt that you're talking yeah. about. You can see on the top right, all that I'll air from when it gapped down on the last earnings report. Yeah. You can see the stock gap down. Look at that huge gap. It gapped down from $31 to $25. So now there's nothing in there, really. It's traded through that area. So when you get into that area, there's no levels. There's nothing to look at. You don't really have anything to get the low of the, of the thing and psychological up to 30 but then, you know, you're in this whole gap area, so it can kind of just go freely everywhere. There's no support, resistance, there's nothing in here. That's what he means by air everywhere. If we can get back down under 25, which it seems to be wanting to do, then that re resistance kicks back and it gets out of that gap area. And then it's 25, 24 is resistance. But right now, that's, you know, acts a little bit maybe as support here. But again, you're on an earnings report. You're on a market that, you know, is very inclined to take profits and stuff. So in a market that has punished, and I mean punished, chasers for the better part of a year now. Yeah. So I'm not chasing something up 31%. It might I go mean, up 40, but it's going to go up without me. I'd be dis I mean, if I said to you, well, the next resistance level is 30.79 to fill the gap. I mean, okay. You know, that's just, that's where the gap is. So if that's your target, I get out there at 30.78, you know, just in case it skips over your print, but. You know, that's it. That's a tough chart. And, and you also have to think about what about, well, first of all, all these people, they're like, oh, well, I still own it at 32. I'm not going to get 32 today. But all these people are sitting on some nice, pro low of the move last Thursday, right? 19 or 1865 and you're 27. I mean, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people made money here, right? A lot of at people. At least in the last three months. Yeah, right, uh, right. Since since the end of November, but that's what we're looking at. That's enough. Uh, enough out of Nordstroms. All right. Let, let I used to buy shoes there, but 
I don't go there and I don't buy shoes. So I, I went men's shoes. I, I went to Kohl's and Target on over the weekend on, on a mission to, to buy shoes. Kohl's was unhelpful. Target was, was really semi helpful. You don't uh, do it online because you can't try them on? It's the reopening now, Joel. We can go out to stores. It's fun. How's Foot Locker doing? Not Anybody great. need some tennis they shoes? They bounce back? Not great, I don't think. <laughs> They're trying to hold on down there, uh, but not looking that healthy. No. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's move on to SoFi here. This is one of those reports. Yeah. Where, this is one of those reports where, where you see what you want to see. If you're bullish, there's reason to be bullish. If you're bearish, there's <laughs> reasons to be bearish. All right. Uh, in, in terms of the, 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 the EPS and the sales for the last quarter, they both came in above estimates. Their guidance, though, was light. I think that was in part due to uh, expanded student loan forgiveness, which, like, I'm not going to cry about that. So, um, in terms of their new members, though, they added 523,000 new members last quarter, which is a, a, a new record for them in in uh, in terms of just new, number of new members added, like new customers added. So, uh, it, it was their best quarter ever for customer uh, in terms of just quantity of customers added. Um, and again, the guidance was a little bit light, uh, but the earnings were good. So you kind of see what you want to see here. Yeah, you got you did get to fourteen, but boy, oh boy, you got darn close to it. You got to uh, thirteen eighty one. Wowzer! Uh, so I'll give that as a target on the upside. I I do see some pre market support at twelve fifty right now. So anybody that like sold into this pop, they don't care about filling the gap down to twelve or anything like that. So a little bit of support at twelve fifty. I just I just can't take my eye off like this area here. I mean, just over thirteen, kind of where we're trading now. You know, it was pesky thirteen and a quarter, thirteen forty one. A lot of highs in that area. Uh, so I think, yeah, probably. You know, to me, you're opening in the resistance, uh, but the pre market high thirteen eighty one. Nothing no, on the dailies. Nothing on the dailies telling you to stop there. All right, I should clarify the Q1 guidance was light, which they blamed on the student loan moratorium, the payment. But the the fiscal year guidance was okay. The sales guidance was above estimates. The EBITDA guidance was above estimates. So for the whole year, the guidance was fine. But for the for the next quarter or for the current quarter, guidance was a little bit light. What about uh, where was I about to go? Oh, I just had. Oh, I was about to go to AMC. Uh, if you if you I had the chance to uh, listen to the call last night. We streamed it on our YouTube account. AMC. Um, they sell more popcorn. They they are selling a lot more popcorn, Dennis. They, Turning they, it into an NFT. They, that is the plan. The, the all the yes, all the stuff, all the NFTs, all the popcorn. Um, they, they they talked about you know their expansion into grocery stores and they're they're doing a food delivery thing now and accepting Bitcoin with Uber. No, not Bitcoin yet. Oh. They're accepting oh. Shiba Inu and Doge. Not yet, but in the coming weeks, they all the buzzy ones. Yeah, all the buzzy ones, exactly. The big, the biggest takeaway for me was, and I didn't even know this, but uh, going into yesterday, but apparently in in Europe, it's common for movie theater companies to charge more money for specific uh, shows and also for specific seats in their theater. It's not all one price, which is how it is in the U.S. Um, that's changing now. AMC is going to the European model where they are they, they, they will charge more money for the premium movies and also for the premium seats in their theaters. I had no idea this was a thing, but apparently it is. 
So uh, there's that. Are there any good movies out right now? Uh, there are a couple big ones coming out. There's all uh, superhero movies. Ba- Batman's about to come out. Always superheroes. Yes, all people like is superheroes. Yeah, yes, that's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> Every other movie is a superhero movie. And we really? all live in the metaverse. And we all I knew the metaverse that, was coming up. And we all just it. dream that we're superheroes. Yes. Such an awesome world. Yes. So, so anyway. Um, I don't get it, man. Wow, I go outside, do so some bad. stuff, enjoy. People want to just play video games and live in the metaverse. So, have at it. Doesn't that okay. be Nathan one he says, have at it. You know what is, uh, and I'm just going to go back to this one. Remember, this is like when that this thing first started getting uh, reddited and getting pumped. It had that move to 20. Remember that? And then it came all the way back yeah, in. back to five. It's six. just kind of like a reset here. Like, I, it, it, look at this 20. I mean, you didn't quite get there in the pre-market, but... If this could get back over 20, hold 20, you know, that'd that's be good. where it gets Maybe, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it gets it right now. Trading range, man. You know, um, trade the range.com. You buy the 15, you sell it at 20. You buy yeah. the 15. And it has no fundamentals. So, yeah. I yeah. Mean, so, if you're good at trading ranges go and things like that, kind of get near the top of the range. Right. Hey, hey! You can't say they're not trying new stuff. They're trying a lot. They're throwing stuff. Everything in the that's buzzy and seeing what sticks. You know what I think of that? What What about Salesforce here? That was kind of your big, your big gun uh, reporting last night. Um, EPS beat eighty four cents for seventy five cents. Sales beat seven point three for seven point two four billion dollars. They also raised their fiscal year uh, revenue guidance uh, by about a half billion dollars from the. You know, the low end prior was three, 31 and a half. Now it's $32 billion. Uh, so um, Q1 guidance also, let's see, Q1 EPS guidance was light. Q1 sales guidance was good. Fiscal year EPS guidance was light. Fiscal year sales guidance was good. So lighter on the EPS guidance, okay on the revenue guidance. So top line, cool. Bottom line, not so much. Uh, what does this translate to with the stock? Oh, it's up. I don't know. Benioff comes on Mad Money and always has to tell us how awesome his company is. That is, I would... Just gonna say, is the bragger been he, on? Uh, he, oh yeah. Is he, Does anybody <laughs> brag more about their? Gotta, Maybe the service now guy. I think he actually trumps, and he came from Salesforce. I think so. He learned from that. <laughs> no, you really got to brag hard about your stock. Anyways, I'm sure cool. Benioff's a good guy, but man, he brags about his company. It's almost nauseating how awesome Salesforce and every good company that came out of cloud came from Salesforce, and you know we know everything and. We're the best company that's ever been created in the face of the earth. I mean, I have to hear all that. And, and Kramer has to, you know, basically just agree with everything he says and he, say how awesome he is because that's look, what Kramer look, does. He, he made the call of a lifetime. In 2011, he wrote like that famous blog post, right? Software is eating the world. And he was absolutely right. He's right. He's been was, right. Yeah, he made the call of a lifetime. But he has to tell us so much that he's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me so much how right you are. All right. Um, <laughs> it, I, I, it's just my pet peeve when somebody's got it. That's exactly what I was thinking, company. though. You don't have to tell us how awesome you are. And I don't even watch CNBC nearly in the amount that you do. But well, uh, I watch some ad money. You can move stuff. Right, right. no, I, I like I know. Jim. He's funny. I, I laugh a lot. I know. I know. I know. Jim's I'm just having fun. Um, we always like, let's get Jim Kramer on the show. I would have been out there. <laughs> I think he might have been exclusive. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to do that. Um, who, well, just real quick before I do the technicals, who was yeah. the biggest braggart ever on CNBC about their stock? 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I come service on. now guy is something too. I don't no, know what his come name on. Is. He's pretty good. It was during COVID. Oh, oh, it, it was that that oil tanker guy. Oh yeah, yeah he's awesome. <laughs> well, Nat, was... Nat. Nat. That was one of the best yeah. interviews ever. Nat. We're Nat. it in man. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Mad hey, pull that chart up. Nat, pull that chart up right now. I am. Nat. It's kind of blasted off here in the last yeah. couple of days. <laughs> Look at this yep. oil. Yep, this is when he was on CNBC right here. Nine dollars? Yeah, that's spiked to nine dollars. Yeah, that was it. That was the top. That was it. that was not joking. That was the total top of it when he was saying, "We're raking it in." <laughs> sell button, sell button, sell button. <laughs> that's what happened. That uh, interview is awesome. Anyway, all right, boy, boy, but this the accent. Amazing. I love the accent. I love that okay. guy. Uh, all right. Anyway, right. But yeah, he's well, Salesforce. I want to give a level of Salesforce before yeah. I uh, yeah, before yeah. I, I forget. Oh, yeah. And there was something jumping out to me, and I think it was two twenty two room two twenty two. Uh, you got there in the pre market, and then the dailies are supporting that. Look at that. Um, after you had the gap down, I don't know what that reason was. Maybe market conditions, but a bunch of highs, 221 and a half, 222. Coincides with your pre-market high. Bad news is you've backed off five bucks, so going to have a little harder time getting back up there. All right. And then the last one I want to do before we bring on our guest is First Solar. Uh, the, th- this, this is interesting because oh, the the earnings were okay. Like the EPS came in above estimates and their sales all, all missed by not, but yes. not by a lot. But their guidance came in so light. And I, I, I'm, I'm unsure if that was like if, if that was because of supply chains because they talked about supply chains a lot on the call and, and how they're continuing to face supply oh. chain problems. Uh, but their EPS guidance for the year, they guided a range of of zero cents to sixty cents. Worth an estimate of a buck ninety two. Got a truck to there, right? I know. And there's well, not a, even that. It's just a buck ninety two versus sixty. That's a pretty clear mess. I know. So there's something, some either weird adjustment there, or uh, it always has weird adjustments. One time, a weird one time event, or maybe it is just. I'm just wondering why the 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 EPS for last quarter was was comparable at a buck twenty three. So they basically made more money last quarter than they're going to make all of this year. Is what they're maybe saying. they're doing some investing or something. Yeah, they... maybe, maybe. But anyway, stock's getting drilled here this morning. I think it's on that EPS number. Cause... Drilled. I like that. The solar stock getting drilled. You've thought about that one. Nine sticks. Wow. I don't get it. Um, on the headline number, you, you got down. Drilled. You made the joke. It was good. Sixty-two, no. sixty-four. Competing with oil. <laughs> what, what joke? That, oh, oh, I didn't even get. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you meant the joke, but it was really <laughs> funny. Actually, it was good. The solar stock getting drilled. Not, I, I was not intentional. So. I laughed. I don't know. Someone, someone was out there after that spike. Uh, down to what? Sixty-two, sixty-four. Then someone. Decided, okay, I want to bring some stock in at sixty four. I tried and, to buy it down, and then yeah, and then and then the algos kind of like sniffed them out, or her, or it, or Dennis, and yeah. uh, so now who knows where this can go on the upside? But I think you find buyers. I, 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 don't I think, think you do said, too. Yeah, just, for the simple reason is that we had this it, wicked run in all the growthy solar names, and now you get a dip back down near those lows. I think people take a shot at the sixty two to sixty five. I think the dip gets bought as well. Even though the guidance is terrible, I do think this dip gets bought. Oh, another leg down here. We're Duh. trying to go red. We probably yeah. will. It's right. the sell the rip market. Let's talk about your commodities. Host. Let's talk about commodities. And in order to do that, we have to bring on today's guest, Angie Setzer. She is the co-founder and partner of Consus ROI. 
bring her on the show right now. Long time, Angie. We miss you. Hello. I miss you guys. Like, I he reached out this weekend. I'm like, heck yeah, I'll be on. It's a blast from the past. Well, because you got uh-huh. you, you got like a new email address. I emailed yeah, you. Yeah, you were hiding from you us, Angie. Oh, like, she must not have my email anymore or something. But yeah, I uh as of June 30th of last year, I decided to become unemployed, which is what starting your own business is until your first check clears. So we started our own business July 1st and have been kind of rocking and rolling ever since. So, awesome. so yeah. It's Are you still in Michigan? Interesting time. Yes. Yep. Still in Michigan. I'm working with customers here. The customers I've always kind of worked with. And then we're working with customers and other commercials, um, you know, financial investors and some folks like that across the country and just kind of living the dream, I guess. Right. In a uh, very great. weird market. Yeah. Great, great file on Twitter. Uh, she's the, the goddess of grain. And uh, for you guys, I, I haven't told this, but I fixed her and her husband up on this show. Yep. Carl yeah. Setzer, the king of corn. And the Some goddess days of grain. I'm grateful. Other days I'm like, Jewel. <laughs> Maybe that's why she hasn't come on this show. Um, <laughs> Do you wonder why I was hiding? Like, thank you for that, Albatross. But no, it's it's been great. It's it's been fun. I mean, that's it's been a while, like eight years since know, we first started. I know. Wow. So talk to me about these commodities. Talk to me about wheat and talk to me about corn and soybeans. What are we gonna do? I told a customer this morning, I said, I've lost count of our black swans, right? So like <laughs> everything started in like August of 2020. Um, you know, we, at, during the pandemic, I had customers wondering how they were going to, to survive selling $3 or less corn. I mean, we broke $3, 280 was a, a price paid for a while there, you know, in April and May of the pandemic, we were worried about what we would see long-term and, you know, had this idea, well, if we can ever get back to three fifty dollars or $4, we're going to, we'll be okay. Like we promise we'll be good. And all of a sudden we ended up at seven fifty, you know, plus futures by May of, of 21 on corn. And, and uh, we just continue to see things that you don't expect um, to happen. I mean, I've, I've, I think I'm just kind of continuing to eat my words for the last 17 years where it's like, you know, you have to assume normal. Right. Like every year when you trade commodities, you have to assume it's going to be a normal year. Well, for the last year and a half, everything that you could have assumed would be normal wasn't. It, you know, you ended up with uh, droughts and, and production issues and wars and demand spikes out of China and all of these things that could really come together to create this perfect storm. And and here we are sitting you know, remembering, I'm remembering, you know, 08 into 09 and, and what took place when companies were blown out and ethanol plants, you know, ended up having to file bankruptcy because the market just ran up so far, so fast. And then, you know, the, the worst part was the collapse. But for now, we're just doing the running up so far, so fast thing and and trying to hold on tight. Yeah, but does, does, is, this, is part of you like, bracing for the other side of that journey right because you know, we all know that fast run-ups not always sustainable right yeah i mean there's no way i can see that we have a soft landing in any of this Ugh. right so like that's the part where i'm not trying to come on and be like okay well i'm gonna look at you with a smile on my face and i'm gonna tell you that it's gonna stink but i mean i don't see how we can can go from here to, to, you know, fix inflation and do all of these things without having an epic collapse in commodities, right? Like, 
you're not going to fix food prices unless you figure out how to reduce vegetable oil prices. Like right. palm oil is, is an all-time record high. Soybean oil is an all-time record high. You know, a lot of folks like to talk about wheat and what it does to the price of bread, but we forget that vegetable oil is a cornerstone, you know, of all of the things we eat. And one of the things that we've seen recently that's really kind of, even without the supply shortages that we've had, um, you know, we've seen this push out of California and, and other states that are embracing the the green energy movement, which I'm all in for, you know, in, 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 in ways that, that make sense. But, um, you know, we're looking at pushing and utilizing soybean oil for renewable diesel and sustainable aviation fuel and things of that nature. So that's really kind of exacerbated some of this move higher in the vegetable oils as well. So like that's been the thing that no one's really paid attention to is the fact that palm oil, you know, soy oil, sunflower oil, which is now sitting, you know, in Ukraine and, and Russia waiting to be shipped. Um, you know, these oils have really kind of driven everything higher as well. And, and that's going to keep these food prices elevated. And, yeah. you know, Paul just reiterated this morning that he's going to do what he can. You know, we see inflation easing this year. And I look at this market structure right now and even without the Russian Ukraine situation, I'm not sure how they how they make it happen. What, what about wheat here? Like speaking of Russia, Ukraine, right? Yeah. And, and, and wheat and Ukraine. We've talked about that a little bit in the past couple of days. You have a better understanding of that market than we do. So can you explain what's going on there? Yeah. I mean, Russia and Ukraine are in the top of global wheat exporters. Um, and so the one thing about the wheat crop that's unique, at least in Ukraine, the bulk of uh, Ukraine's wheat is winter wheat. So that was planted last fall um, and will be harvested July, August timeframe. Russia, 70 percent of their crop is winter wheat that was planted last fall, with 30 percent of it being spring wheat that will be planted, supposed to be planted um, in about six weeks. And so right now the bulk of Ukraine's wheat is shipped probably about two thirds of what they were anticipating to ship has gone. Um, Russia has really struggled. Russia has been doing some really interesting things in the global market. Anyway, they really kind of propelled themselves to the world's largest wheat supplier. And then starting in the tail end of 2020 saw some domestic food inflation start to take place. So they introduced this export quota and this export tax and really started to manipulate or control the amount of wheat that they were allowing to go out into the global market anyway. And that's really where wheat started to take off. Like wheat kind of drug, even with soybeans rallying big on the Chinese demand and some of that stuff tail into 20, wheat kind of just sat there until Russia really started to say, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to just ship everything we have anymore. Um, but Russia is, is one of the world's, if not the world's largest exporter of wheat. Ukraine is, is right up there. They had a record crop last year. Um, and so the fact that they've removed themselves essentially right now from the global market, you know, has created yet another supply chain, at least we hope short term supply chain hiccup in a world that's already been inundated with short term supply chain hiccups. Um, and so there's a real concern. Uh, Australia had a record crop so they can kind of step in or they have stepped in to kind of alleviate some of that short term Chinese demand. But their ports are all booked out into the third quarter. Um, so, you know, the struggle that we have right now is we've basically dislocated a significant amount of, of wheat supply available to the world, and we don't know when it's going to come back. And then obviously the biggest concern, the, the secondary concern in all of this is if this war wages on, you're going to, you know, we don't know how badly, but you're going to adversely impact the ability for Ukraine to, to produce and ship. 
Um, and Russia, like Russia right now is going to have a real hard time getting on, getting their hands on any of the necessary supplies that they may need to import. Um, you know, and, and we still have a lot of questions about what's going to happen with them domestically speaking. Um, so right now, I think based on what we've seen over the last couple of years, to have something like this take place is just kind of exacerbated this concern of food scarcity and food shortages. The bins are still full or the, bin, the, the supply is still there, but there's no getting it. You know, and, and Ukraine is it produces the bulk of their crops to export them. And so to have their exports completely shut off right now really makes us wonder what the heck the next step is. Hmm. Wow. So much there. So many different There's things to say. I <laughs> so mean, I know. Like, oh, I feel gosh, like I need okay. to create a flow chart. Like, oh, like, like, yeah. yeah. I, I have a follow-up, Angie. I have a follow-up, Angie. Yeah. Oh, is there sleep a, again at night. Is there a script for this? Because a lot of times when you have any macro developments, there are scripts for it. But like yeah. you said, like you said, we've kind of got four things happening at the same time. And is there a, is there a playbook here for how this plays out or you have no idea? No, there's no playbook. I mean, I think in the short term, the thing that you see happen, and, and that was part of, you know, we saw that article come out overnight, you know, the, the sources not wanting to be named, but familiar with the situation, which in ag, you were inundated with those people during trade war. So we would trade, you know, up and down based on sources to be named later. But overnight we saw, you know, some conversation that China was instructed to basically come in and, and cover any shortfalls that they would have. And I think I think that's the first um, step in any sort of supply shortage is if you're an end user, you try to be the first person to cover yourself before the, the, the rest of the market recognizes that there's a physical short, right? So I think the first step in the playbook is to make sure you know if you're exposed and are a physical short, meaning that you expected this physical delivery to come out of Ukraine. You have end users that want that, you know, as an importer, you have end users that want that. Um, and they're going to hold you to it because you told them you would get it. They don't care where you got it from. You know, you're going to have to scramble and try to make sure that you're covered and, and, and have that physical grain ownership. Like that's one of the things about commodities that, that I find the most refreshing or the best, like having listened to your conversation earlier about AMC and some of that other stuff is like the physical market structure tells you what actually needs to take place when it comes to the futures. But right now that entire market is so unclear. We're all, all just scratching our heads. And so, you know, the first step is you cover your shorts. And so I think that's part of why we've seen this rally just explode to the high side. We'll yeah. separate out what we need to do later. We're just going to make sure that if we're exposed in any way and this futures market continues to run, you're covered. Beyond that, we have no idea. I mean, we're really looking at a situation that most of the veterans would say, you know, I've been doing this for 18 years now. Um, I read a, an analysis from a gentleman that's doing it for 46. And he said he has not experienced anything like this other than potentially in the mid 70s. And when you say that to That's farmers, enjoyable. That's good to know. Right. When you say that to farmers, especially when you're looking at the highest rate of inflation since 82 and what took place with interest rates in the mid 80s. I mean, when you say to the farmers, oh, no big deal. This just reminds me of the mid 70s. The guys, the guys and gals that survived that time, you send chills down their back. You know, and so that's our biggest concern is not what happens in the short term or how high this thing runs up. It's what happens next if our input costs stay incredibly elevated because we rely on a significant amount of our fertilizer to be imported from Russia, Trinidad and Tobago, 
Belarus. You know what I mean? So like we've relied upon a lot of their supplies over the years. So what happens if our fertilizer stays elevated, our chemicals and everything stays elevated, but the futures market, Powell is right. He does what he needs to do. The economy runs into whatever it's going to run into in order for us to see inflation go away. And suddenly we're trying to sell 450 corn, you know, that cost us 550 to produce it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces that we're watching right now and, and there isn't a playbook. That's the unfortunate thing. Like step one, cover your shorts. Step two, no idea. Step three, hopefully we make it through to do it again next year. You know, like that's really kind of where we're at. Are there any catch up trades here, like in other commodities that haven't run up yet, or is it just pretty much across the board? I feel like it's pretty much across the board at this point in time. I mean, you'll see some that might lag occasionally. Like there's some conversation about meal lagging versus oil and some of those other things. So soybean meal may potentially be a trade, but I mean, you're looking at soybean meal from a historical standpoint, you know, $400 meal, $400 plus meal isn't necessarily cheap. Um, And so there really isn't much in there that you could, could say is a, a huge opportunity if, if we don't continue higher, but at this point, if we do see these, the tension wage on and the issues wage on in Ukraine for another two, one, two, three, God forbid, four weeks, now we're impacting new crop production. Um, and so it is very possible that you could see a continuation of the move higher if we don't see a really large crop come out of South America in the next three months. And then secondarily feel confident in the ability of the U.S. to produce a large crop in the three months after. And so basically, we're just kind of sitting here for six months holding our breath, praying that we don't run into another black swan issue with the South American drought like we had last spring or, God forbid, a a U.S. production issue. How about the economic impact, uh, you know, on Russia? I mean, is is this, you know, that they just don't care that it's just, you know. I I think they care. I think they care huge. I think, you know, I think one of the things that I... One of the things that I was most struck by or one of the, the the feelings that I had when all of this happened, because I I mean, we've watched this for so long. Like I've been watching the, the Russian, you know, all of us have been since like what Thanksgiving, you know, and, and so I was really, really concerned early on. And then we got closer to the Olympics and I'm like, OK, maybe he isn't planning on doing anything. You know, maybe this is just all an exercise to see what the West will give, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then to see them just launch a full-scale invasion and attack, you know, it it, it struck me. And, and the biggest thing that I thought about was not just the Ukrainian people, because obviously they're they're heavily impacted, but the Russian farmer that spent so much time to kind of rebuild his or her equity and and create, you know, they've been working to modernize their infrastructure and their production practices, and that's been part of the reason you've seen them become such a global player in the market. You know, they have phenomenal soils. They have phenomenal access to, to inputs and all of these things. I mean, they really could be, you know, to a certain extent, the, the breadbasket or at least kind of share that whole breadbasket of the world approach. And and we just saw it. I mean, we just reverted back to, to what they were doing in the 90s, potentially. You know, and, and I, I just can't imagine having your livelihood just absolutely taken, you know, by a decision um, you know, from your country's leader, probably a bad time to mention that, uh, according to, you know, media reports that intel- U.S. intelligence officials are adv- guiding that this could last years. So yeah. if that that's the concern. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and I said that in this morning's commentary, my, my thoughts this morning is like, 
what's the end game in this? Yeah. Because the Ukrainians are not going to give up. Even if even if you were to see them overthrow the government, the Ukrainians have made it very clear that they are not going to give up. And Putin's made it very clear he is not going to give up. And so, yeah, I think that's part of the reason you've seen the wheat market gain over $2 in eight sessions and all of these things really, really right. happen is, you know, we're looking at, at best case, a shift in the dynamic of the the geopolitical alliances. And Angie, you know, before we let yeah. you go, can you say something that's going to make us feel a little better here? Just say one thing that's not scary, please. Um, and it can be about your cat. I don't care. It'll be scary. <laughs> Every day is Catterday, according to my cat. So let's all party. Catterday. I, I mean, like it's, it's it's concerning, but I would say overall, just you know, we'll be the one thing I can say for the U.S. We are independent food producers, so we are in a far better situation in the United States because we are independent. We can provide ourselves what we need from a food standpoint. So we will be insulated in a lot of ways. But it's definitely going to be something globally we're going to have to continue to watch. I just want to ask you about the the farmers. Like I know it's going a little long here, but what like like for the for the U.S. farmers? I mean, are they? I mean, they're like, are they trying to hedge out for the next five, ten years? I mean, you can always look bad after you do that, but yeah, you know, they probably feel horrible that they're you know they're making all the you know. (laughs) all this money because of a world crisis. I mean, are they just trying to hedge out as far as possible or, or the we're futures market? Not looking a at, yeah, yeah. We're talking about looking at 23, the market's incredibly inverted or for those of you not in grains, uh, it is inverted backwardation. Yeah. So, I mean, you're okay. not, there's not as many opportunities. Okay. Um, but well, that's good. We're, that's yeah, good news, we're still isn't looking it? At, at trying to maintain margin and do the things that we have to do to get there. But yeah, I mean, the U.S. farmer right now recognizes that there this usually doesn't end well either. Um, and so we we tend to be an optimistic person with our feet firmly entrenched in reality. So we recognize, you know, what the situation looks like. But we also understand that, you know, risk management will be key this year. And, and so next time you see me, I'll probably have pulled all of my hair out. But we will we will continue to to persevere. All right, Angie Setzer is Great the interview. founder and partner at uh, Consus ROI. Her Twitter handle is at Goddess of Grain. It's in the description of this video. Uh, Angie, Angie has been far too long. Uh, this was a fantastic conversation. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I look forward to seeing you guys again. All right. Oh, man. Oh, I don't feel good about that. I don't feel good about things anymore. <laughs> oh, I know. I saw everything. Holy moly. <laughs> Except green. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to how to come back from that one. All right. Uh let's move on here as best we can. We got seven minutes left in today's show. We can do some ticker time if you guys want to. So drop your tickers for us in the chat. We'll we'll take a look. Let me see if there's anything big that we missed uh as far as the news front or the movers or the earnings front. Uh Nothing super big that jumps out to me on the movers tool in pro. Uh, someone just dropped PaySafe in the chat, and PaySafe is up eight percent this morning. Did they have earnings. they had earnings? That's what it is. Okay, it's so yeah, three bucks. It's three dollar yeah. stocks call option now. You know, it's a zero, or maybe it's going to be something. That's what PaySafe is now. It's just an option. At three bucks, when they start getting under five bucks, they're just speculative buys. We don't know if it's going to materialize or not. Maybe eventually it turns into something. Maybe eventually goes to zero. Coin flip. Yeah, yeah, you've leaked off that at high three forty, and that coincides nicely with the bag holders high. everywhere, yep. all this stuff. Yeah, all right. Yep. Well, all right. Thoughts on thoughts on John Deere? 
uh, I would think with the quote unquote infrastructure decade that we are supposedly entering, according to the president, uh, that John Deere would be a good way to play that. I would think. I don't like the chart simply because this is a nice 50% retracement, Joel. You can mm-hmm. see it there, 400 to 320 and $40 brings you right back to 360 Perfect 50% retracement, double top in the same area. The technicals say sell it. Yeah, and it just very spotty trades, 1,800 shares. I mean, right yeah, now. Market. Is there a yeah. headline? There's no headline, is there? No. no, I, no. I mean, let, you haven't taken out 362 yet. Uh, so there, take a look at that. Two daily highs, 62.39, 61.87. It gets through there, boom, right? There's more room on the upside. Uh, if, in fact, it could hold 362. If not, I look for a little bit of a fade. Next daily level comes in at uh, 370.47. So see if it can hold the open. Also, if you just don't want to trade it today, you just want to see how the action is. The high close of this rebound has been 360.02. And that was from yesterday. I, I, I seriously, I almost think it's a short. That's okay. why I don't like it at all. Really? Wow. But it's just a chart. Pure yeah. yeah, just stuff. looking at it. Yep. All right. All right. Um, here's here's one. Uh, Bno Bino. This is uh the, oh this is oil. Sorry, yeah. I don't I didn't realize, I didn't realize that's oil is just yeah, sorry. Uh, we talked about oil for twenty minutes today. It seems like. Um, what about da 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 trying to find tickers that we don't know we always talk about amd and nvidia i feel like all right well, we can do octa okta okay, looked at that one for a minute wow it'll be up on salesforce a little bit here probably this morning not, yeah not, it's been a nice bounce again now it's like okay when they were in the gutter three four days ago there was an opportunity but now we've had a significant bounce so it's like okay well we just went from 152 up to 184 30 dollars 20 percent in four days it's up 20 percent in four days you're buying it now Feel like you're doing it backwards. Sorry. Uh, let's get through yesterday's high. First things first. One eighty-eight ninety. Uh, Does has er- have earnings tonight too? I do. Yeah. So there it is. So that matters and, uh, obviously too. Need I wouldn't hold- want to hold it through the report. Yeah, it's a need coin to- flip, but hold the close. Uh, and you got to take out yesterday's highs. So uh, longer it takes to get up, take out that eighty-eight ninety was kind of weak into the you know hit that eighty-eight ninety, made a new high of the move. People got excited, then they kind of flushed it. And uh, so there, keep an eye. See, better important to get to yesterday's high. At we're in like tonight. cloud earnings season. We had work days yeah, here. Yeah, and now you're going to get a whole pile of them tonight. Yeah, yep. the Splunkster's up. Okta. We're in cloud or Viva. Yep. Isn't Viva? Is Viva? Viva is that? Uh, C3AI is tonight as well. Uh, a lot of them tonight. Sorry, what's today? Today's Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah you're right. AI. Charge points tonight. Yep. Snowflake. Uh, charge points not. Not cloud but you get the idea no i'm just saying what's big tonight yeah I, i've already digressed <laughs> and a plan box <laughs> there's right. a few aeos tonight um uh victoria's secret american eagle uh for retail you still got your victoria's secret joel yeah yeah nice. what tax and numbers the symbols on it's, those it's, it's vs vsco yeah yeah that's the one you were going to go into my account and sell that out for me i know i would have been wrong 
<laughs> yeah, it would have been wrong. It would have been call. so very wrong. Yeah. Um. Anyway, okay. Let's just do one or one or two more here. We sure. can, let's look at um. All right, you want to look at Live Nation LYV reopening trade? Sure, they had earnings last week. Well, so resilient. I mean, the stock has held up so well. It kind of defies logic in a way. Well, it is the reopening trade. The one concern is it did not make a new high on the last move. And that's what I would be somewhat concerned about. 127. We got to kiss it. What stock? LYV. We did not make a new high. Last couple days, not great. Again, if the market, it all just depends on Ukraine. You can make all these tickers, and it's all going to be dependent on what the next thing Putin does. That's the problem with you know all of this technical analysis we're doing right now. It's a mm-hmm. problem with everything. Is you know I could say oh yeah deer looks you know good on the short side here. Well you know if Putin backs off everything runs. So I mean the the difficult thing it's 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 all depends on what's happening in Ukraine and we're not getting away from that. It doesn't look like anytime soon. If it escalates in the next day or two, stocks are going to go probably down. If we start to de-escalate or start to talk about talks again. Stocks are going to rally. So it's a tricky market to trade. Uh, after making that, now it wasn't quite the all-time high. You got you got two two lower highs, right? And then you have uh, three lower, uh, two lower lows. So 115 must hold. If you want to target, you're looking 122.02 uh, was a high from yesterday. Up 250, very light volume. I don't know if you get there, uh, but you know, you at least want to break this, uh, this trend of uh, – of lower highs and lower lows under 115. I don't know where to tell you to go on this one because you got a big drop down to 111.36. So, all right, guys, good job. I'm going to hop off. I'm going to uh, have uh, Seth Basham on from uh, Webbush. She's going to talk about restaurants and, uh, Boy, oh boy! Oh, all right. Ask him. Ask him about the conversation we just had about about. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We'll catch you all later on. Hey, hey! Before we hop, everyone, I I want to announce that we are doing a crypto giveaway on our Facebook page. We're giving away some Shiba Inu and Dogecoin. You can use it to uh, go to the AMC movie theater if you want. Uh, we're giving away five hundred dollars of either Shiba Inu or Dogecoin. I'm putting the link in the chat right now. There it is. Steps to enter the giveaway are on that page. There's the post. Check it out. You want some Sheeb? You want some Doge? Have at it. Uh, Dennis, uh, it is 9 o'clock. We stopped leaking a little minute ago, a few minutes ago, so I, I hope you feel a little better about where we're at. A little bounce. Point. I think we go red today. That's my prediction. Two days up, three, two days down. Or no, yeah, three, I think we go red. I think we go red early, and then everything everything depends on Ukraine, though. So we can do any predictions we want. Putin does something unexpected. Uh, and and Ron, Ron Hollick with the reminder uh, that Jerome Powell was speaking today. We are streaming that testimony 10 a.m. Eastern time. We, we will be streaming that on our YouTube channel, so he'll be testifying in front of Congress. Uh, that should also matter, so don't forget about that. Uh, and that's a wrap for me here now. Live trading with Benzinga going live in a couple of minutes here. This stream will end and redirect to those guys. Ryan, Mitch, Zunaid, taking you through the open. So everyone, smash that like button for me. Thanks to our guest, Angie Setzer. Thanks to all of you in our chat, all of our chats on YouTube, on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch. And yes, even those of you watching on LinkedIn. I see you. I see you. Uh, all right. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. We're done. Good luck at the open, everyone. Stay green out there. I'll catch you later.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.